Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. It might be slightly echoey this week because I've had a bit of a tidy up in the shed and I wonder if that's affected the way in which the podcast sounds. Anyway, only you will know that and I will know, of course, when I listen back to see how I sounded. But let's move on. I don't think that it's possible today to have any engagement with photography without seeing the images of horror, of conflict that we are presented with every day on social media uh, platforms, in newspapers and magazines and so forth, on the television, moving image and still image. For me, that kind of imagery began with the Holocaust. As a child growing up in the 1960s and 1970s, images of the Holocaust seemed to be very prevalent. They were around. We were seeing them. We're seeing them. We were shown them. Alongside images coming out of Vietnam and later Northern Ireland. This was kind of replaced, I suppose, by Sarajevo and Iraq, Chechnya and Afghanistan, and most recently the Ukraine, And now, of course, Israel and Gaza. The photograph has not lost any of its power to shock, to bring us the realities of what we see, but in doing so, raising so many issues around the politic, the belief, the propaganda, the truth. And what is the truth? Is there a truth? What is the role of the photographer? Is the role of the photographer to adopt a political leaning in their work? To try and be objective? All of these things obviously force questions upon us that we either ignore or we choose to discuss, to debate, to consider. But in doing so, we, we go down a rabbit hole of firmly held beliefs, emotions, as I said, politics, social and economic situations. It's just not straightforward. But I did read an article recently, which I recommend to you all also. Now, you may not agree with what's being said in the article. You may question the article, which, as I always say, is a good thing. We shouldn't be just accepting things and agreeing with them. But the article is by Patrick Whitty, who I do think writes some really good stuff on photography. It's on Substack. It's called Embedding with the Enemy. The world should see the atrocities committed by Hamas, not punish the photojournalists who document document them, says uh, Whitty. It's a very well-researched article giving examples of images from the past, as I've just described, from Vietnam, from Sarajevo, from Chechnya and so forth, and looking at how we uh, engage with those images today. I was talking to Bill Shapiro just the other week. We were recording our next uh, episode of The Conversation, and Our discussion off-air moved towards these images and the images of conflict and how they make us feel. And I think we'll be addressing that in the New Year's episode, which obviously will be at the beginning of 2024. There's no doubt that politically that's going to be a big year. And I'm sure that photography will be playing a major part in it.
This week, I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast to explain to us what photography means to him in under five minutes, Rue Lewis, who is a photographer based in Hackney in uh, North London. He says North London. Hackney's East London, but never mind. Maybe he means North East London. Let's not get too London-centric about this. I'm a South Londoner. I'm Londoner. Maybe I'm not allowed to have an opinion. Anyway... Uh, his portraiture has been commissioned uh, and included in magazines such as Vogue, The Guardian, The Times, amongst others. In addition to his editorial work, he also works for international brands such as the clothing company Toast, uh, Island Records, Volkswagen, Sony, Waitrose and American Express. His long-term personal projects are developed by building trust with communities and conveying his subjects with empathy, emotion and integrity – through an analogue approach. Uh, this has led to two books. The first, Forest, Walking Among Trees, which explores the historical context and modern-day applications of some of the world's most fascinating iconic trees. Um, and over a period of two years, uh, he photographed the Welsh town of Port Talbot, which, according to actor Michael Sheen, has an extremely high number of UFO sightings. However, the resulting book published in 2023, uh, which was Lewis's second book, Port Talbot UFO Investigation Club, is not a study of UFO sightings, but instead uh, it uses the phenomena as a starting point to explore the people, landscape and folklore of the town. Hi, Grant. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, I'm sorry it took so long for me to record this. Uh, six weeks, was it? Is that a new record? So what does photography mean to me? Well, my motivation, the reason I started, was wanting to investigate things that interest me, you know, to explore the subject and themes visually and and learn more about what, what, whatever it is. There's a curiosity that you need to satisfy. And photography as a visual person was my um, my natural instinct. And I think all of us as humans have something inside us that we need to manifest and by doing so, we we understand more about the world and who we are and how we fit into the universe. It's it's um, our identity and and actually this is a theme I love because we're all trying to communicate in a language we understand and connect to one another in a way in which we're able. For me, you know, photography is narrative based storytelling. Storytelling is so important in my view because I think we learn best as humans through storytelling. We're innately programmed to connect to it and. I say narrative-based because the story we tell as photographers isn't always just the one we're photographing. I think a successful photograph is about connecting in a deeper way. Um, I want to understand the subject and capture something which is then interpreted and understood by the viewer. And, you know, portraits are very much a collaboration. My, my process is spending the first half of the shoot at least getting to know someone and learning about them. Um, I, I don't understand how you can make a meaningful portrait of someone and not know anything about them. I, I like creating a space and allowing this time and, you, you know, for magic to happen. Uh, there's a theatre to it. And if you allow people the time, they, they might do something amazing and you, won't, you wouldn't have thought of that. Uh, and it could make the image. And I think it's twofold, this responsibility. You have this connection to the subject that you're trying to sort of convey, but then you have this connection to the future viewer and, you know, you haven't, <laughs> you haven't even made the photo yet, but it's a responsibility to get that right. That's how my head works. You want to communicate something about who that person is to the person viewing it. And and you want that magic to be present in that photograph. And, um, 
yeah, I think it's too easy to tell negative stories and or you don't want to tell a story negatively. It's, it's much harder to tell a positive story elevating the subject and, and more meaningful. It's important to judge something for what it is and, and not what it isn't. And that's my point with magic. You know, I I see um, my job is not, not to work out what the truth is. Rather, um, I like exploring why we believe strange and wonderful things. You know, humans are incredible, complex creatures. We're, we're emotive instruments evolved as storytellers. And a good example of this is folklore. It's, it's fantastic. Um, but it's also necessary because what better way to ensure values get passed down the generations than to encase them in these beautiful stories? Um, I like the way we project our own metaphysical outlook when we talk about conceptual things. Um, you, quite, you get a glimpse into someone's psyche, their thought process, when they talk about things like UFOs. So yeah, I, li I like photography to tell stories, whatever that might be, and I like to use it to make an emotional connection to the viewer. I've, I've always been drawn to fringe communities. I think it takes real courage to put yourself out there with your beliefs, um, whatever they are. You open yourself up to judgment and I really respect that. I, I, I did a project documenting Druids and it was wonderful to be involved and capture them in their private religious ceremonies. Um, and it's okay to laugh when you view some of the photographs because, you know, they are quite unusual. <laughs> but, but the important thing is you're not laughing at them. You're sort of part of that moment. And... Yeah, my big, my big influences uh, actually come from writers. Uh, a writer called John Ronson. I'm a massive fan. I, I, I love his gonzo style journalism where you immerse yourself and go in open-minded asking questions. And you want to try and understand it. I think that's important to be willing, you know, sort of open to it. Uh, I, I, I spend a lot of time studying colour and light. I, I think the sensitive use of colour can invoke certain emotions and if an image is beautiful, it draws you in and it, it kind of forces you to um, try and understand the subject matter and be connected in a way that's beyond the aesthetic. When I first started, uh, I thought photography was taking pictures of what's there and, and now I understand it to be quite different. I, I understand it to be creating a universe to explore and share. Uh, and with that, I think the purest form of photography is in book form, photo books. So... The photographer really has full control over what they're trying to communicate. And there's a magic to, there's a word again, magic to uh, looking through your photo book and being invited into this universe, um, trying to get inside someone's head. And, and I, I think it's important to judge a project like that, you know, as photo books especially, and not try and think about whether you like the style of the photograph. Think more, are they successfully trying to communicate what they're trying to communicate? You know, what are they trying to communicate? And, and it all factors in the design and editing and sequencing. I learned a lot about sequencing doing a book. Um, and where it comes from, you know, what, what's its motivation? I have a new book with um, Ghost, publisher Ghost, and it's called Port Talbot UFO Investigation Club. And it's, and it's based around these ideas of identity and faith, community, hope, and Welsh power, you know, this drive to succeed. And it's actually a super, super simple premise. Uh, Michael Sheen, the Hollywood actor, said in an interview that his hometown, Port Talbot in South Wales, was, was like an intergalactic little chef. And, um, you know, there's an extremely high number of sightings there, UFO sightings. But it's also a place where Auntie Hopkins was born, Richard Burton, I mean, numerous other actors and sports professionals. And it was once said to be the most polluted town in the UK. Its main industry, the steelworks, um, has been in decline for quite some time. So the idea of the book is 
Why do all these icons come from this small industrial town and why do the aliens visit it so often? It's not about UFO sightings, really, um, although that features it. I think it's about hope. And I think we see that, well, they see the lights in the sky and that they represent hope. I think the whole book's about dreaming and about being lost and found at the same time, which is like life, I guess. I mean, South Wales is beautiful. It has amazing light. I mean, photographers always bang on about light, don't they? But it really does have amazing light. It's, the golden hour is about four hours long in summer and it's the same again in the morning. And I love South Wales. I've, I've visited my whole life. My granddad was from the area. And, um, I've got a very deep love for South Wales and West Wales. Um, I know it very well. They're, they're very sort of close to it. And the Port Talbot is a town nestled around these areas of outstanding natural beauty. You know, it's an industrial beacon in, the, in this, around these areas. Yeah, there's, you know, huge beaches, sand dunes, mountains, waterfalls. Um, and every summer, like, there's blue plankton visits uh, on the beach for a couple of weeks. And, and the whole sea flickers blue, this blue hue. And all, all the while in the background, the steelworks is going off. It's flaring, they call it. And it's with the, it's part of the process with the blast furnace making the steel. And the whole sky lights up. The sky's beautifully on fire. And I'll be in my hotel room, the curtains closed, and the room will light up this bright orange, flashing. Yeah, it produces this thin orange dust, and it's called fallout. And if the wind is <clears throat> blowing inshore, it will land on everything, um, covering everything in this, this fine dust. Um, and it's totally wild, and everyone just walks around like it's normal, of course. Um, but it's mad, as this foreigner looking in, this mad place, like nowhere else I've been. It's a, Port Talbot really is a dreamland. Um, I really do see it as a dreamland. Dreamland's the name also of Area 51, by the way. And, and uh, I, I love Port Talbot. Um, I do love it. I, th I think my point is, if you eat this book, you would understand what photography is for me. Well, I hope you would. And I think I just want you to feel something when you look at my work, and especially this book. It's... It, it, this book is extremely personal and emotional. It's a journey. And I don't think I can communicate that with words. And I mean, that perhaps that's it. That's what that's. I can't communicate it in words. So um, don't look at the pictures. <laughs> Thank you, Rue, for your contribution this week. And what a fantastic way to end it. I do love Rue's kind of rambling approach there to answering the question. It's very obviously so, uh, he's so connected to the work that he's making there, but going off at tangential um, points. Um, I just love that, as you probably know, if you listen to the podcast quite often, I go off at tangential points, so I'll start talking about something and then completely forget about what I started off wanting to talk about because I get over excited and over passionate and anybody who um, meets me in person, I think would probably say the same. So anyway, Rue, uh, fantastic contribution. Uh, so much in there. Of course, he went well over five minutes. He was never going to stay within the uh, the boundaries that I set of time, but that's OK. Um, but I'm sorry, Rue, six weeks is relatively quick. I've had photographers take well over a year to actually submit their uh, contribution. So I'm sorry, but you don't get the medal for that. Uh, he did mention John Ronson. And if you're not aware of John Ronson, I'm also a big fan of his work. Um, 
And I also recommend John Ronson's, if you can get it on BBC Sounds, wherever you are in the world listening to this, a John Ronson On, in which he examines a series of diverse stories and subjects with the help of contributors from the worlds of comedy, journalism, entertainment and culture. There are 38 episodes available of, of that particular uh, podcast, really, I suppose, radio programme. So I highly recommend Rue and I highly recommend John. Whilst I'm saying thank you this week, I'd like to say thank you to all of you who listened to this podcast, who contacted me uh, concerning the new MA, uh, online MA in professional photography that I've written, launching and will be leading uh, as from September 2024. Uh, We had a really positive response. I was blown away by how many of you from around the world emailed me um, to ask for further information and also how many of you already have applied. It really is fantastic. Uh, Also, a lot of people uh, who read the articles at uh, unitednationsofphotography.com Uh, got in touch and also some people who even read my books so I was really uh, touched I have to say by that kind of a response to what we're doing Uh, if you are interested in that just to let you know again please email me at gscott at brooks that's b-r-o-o-k-e-s dot a-c dot u-k I'll be more than happy to get straight back to you answer any questions you have about it and um, give you the information you need. As I just mentioned, we do exist at uh, www.unitednationsofphotography.com. There's a huge archive there of all of the podcasts, obviously, but also an awful lot of writing articles about stuff that if you listen to the podcast, you may well be interested in. Just little short snippets, little pieces, little articles addressing issues that seem to come up uh, quite regularly in the world of photography. So just in the last week, um, articles titled Do Photographers Need Photographer Friends? Uh, Another one called Instagram is Photography, but it is not all photography. Another one, Praise Me When I Am Here and When I Am Gone or When Photographers Die. Um, I think that's quite a... I suppose in a way... That particular article connects to why this podcast exists. Uh, If you're joining us uh, towards the kind of over the last few episodes or so, and I know a lot of you have, um, you wouldn't be aware that it was set up very much to be an arm around the shoulder when things get tough. Um, A place for conversation, a place for discussion, not a place for agreement, a place for sort of instigation I suppose of thought processes it's just really nice when a lot of you agree with what um, I've been saying but also really nice when we get involved in a bit of uh, discussion and debate about it always enjoy that anyway uh, that's about it really I think for this week Uh, lots to ponder I think particularly from Rue's contribution this week as I said do check out his book on uh, Newport it is brilliant And I'm going to take care over the next week. Yeah, I know you're going to too. 